All right, today on Chartable Radio, we have Jack Reesider, the host of Darknet Diaries. Jack, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So can we tell, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what Darknet Diaries is? It's a great show. I highly recommend everyone listens, but uh, maybe Jack, in your own words, you can tell people. Yeah, this was a show I wanted to, I wanted to exist, right? So I, I got a lot of influence from like uh, This American Life and Radiolab. And I thought, why can't I take a narrative, true story style like that and focus just on hacker stories? So like cybercrime and this kind of thing. And at the time, I didn't think that it existed. I did my market research. But that's what I made is like, a, you know, This American Lifestyle, but the only focus on security stories. So people who have been hacked or, or hackers who have done a hack. And I like hearing from those who have actually been there. That's great. And you've been doing the show for a while now. Is that right? About a year and a half. And it's grown tremendously. I think this was something a lot of people really wanted or needed uh, to to listen to also. And now I'm at 70,000 downloads per episode. Wow. That's great, man. That's huge. Yeah, that's actually really, uh, really big for podcasting world. Yeah, for sure. And so how did you get it off the ground? How did you build your initial audience? Well, I've kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit to me like for the last decade. And so I've listened to so many of like Pat Flynn's podcasts and Tim Ferriss and Carrie Vaynerchuk. So I was like ready. I'm primed and ready to like market something as soon as I had something. <clears throat> and all my previous things I've made, it got like 95% of the way done and I kind of scrapped it. But this podcast was going. So I, I used a lot of tips, you know, just go crazy on social media. And I, I you know did talks and, and lectures at, at conferences. And I, I passed around like thousands of stickers at, at other places and uh, got featured in a couple places, talked to a lot of, you know, journalists and podcasters to see, can we do promo swaps? Or do you want to tell your audience about this show? Because I think you, they'd find it valuable. And, but I think above and beyond everything, it was word of mouth. When when you play, when somebody hears something that kind of blows their mind and they're just like, what is this? Is so crazy. This is so amazing of a story. They have to go tell someone, and that's how I think it's really spread the most. That's great. So nothing uh, too easy, I guess. There's no magic uh, trick here. Just a lot of hard work, huh? <laughs> so much hard work. Like over a year of hard work just to feel like this could be my job, you know. And and that I think is to the fast road. Like I I've had ten years experience in security, so I know like everything when it comes to like hacker stuff and all these things. And I know, know how to explain things in a simple term. And I know, like, I don't have to look up a lot of things. So, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of effort that got into just to get to that first year, you know, it wasn't just right. like, I, I'm, I'm out of high school, and I'm, I'm starting something and I don't know anything about about things. I, I like I've been, you know, focusing on, on how do I make something big on the internet for like years and years and years. And then this, this kind of happened. Well, it sounds like it's really right at the intersection of your expertise and your passion, right? So uh, it feels like it's a great fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And somebody told me once, if you can explain complex topics simply, there's money in that. And I never quite understood that until I, I made this podcast because there, there, there's a lot of technical problems. There's a lot of technical aspects to hacking. And I try to break it down as simple as I can to hit a wider audience and not so much the the infosec, you know, audience or, or that. So that is, I think, what's also given me a, a bigger audience here is a lot of people are just fascinated with how hacking works. And this is this is a way for them to be introduced to it because I, I explain it in, in a way that even my father understands. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I will say I, I noticed uh, listening to a recent episode uh, that you really do spend time explaining deeply technical issues in a way that uh, doesn't use jargon or, you know, code speak or anything like that. Where folks, uh, hopefully without a technical background, can actually understand 
uh, how the hack actually occurs. Yeah, and then I don't go too far where you get bored hearing all this technical stuff as well. <laughs> well, so let's talk about, um, so, you know, you spent 10 years getting yourself to a place where you could start doing this. You spent a year building the show, uh, you know, before you felt like you had some success. Is it a goal of yours to make this a full-time job? Yeah, yeah. I Last year, I was able to quit my job as a security engineer. Uh, I, I, I was just really burnt out. So I took like, I decided to take like a three month, you know, break before looking for another job. And in that three months, I was like, I'm just going to push on this podcast as hard as I can to see if it can become my, my new thing. And sure enough, uh, at this point, it is now my full time job. And it's bringing in not a full income of what I was making as a security engineer, but a large percentage of it. That's fantastic. And how do you how did you do that? Is that through sponsorships, Patreon? Yeah, so that is a combination of sponsorships, Patreon, and merchandise sales. Uh, the the sponsorships are you know two host red ads per episode, and then I'm also uh, putting ads throughout the entire back catalog. Um, you know, so somebody will pay for like fifty thousand downloads, and then I'll put the ad in for fifty thousand, and then when that's up, I'll put a new ad in in the back catalog because when usually when somebody f- listens to my show, they'll then want to listen to all the episodes. I've got like 70% of my audience listens to everything. That's Um, amazing. Yeah. So when a new listener comes in, they're going to listen to that whole back catalog. So those ads, that ad space is still very relevant and growing. So that's where, you know, there's a lot of uh, potential income there as well. That's great. And uh, you had mentioned that you recently wrote a blog post about Patreon that you've been spending a lot of time uh, digging deep into what makes, what, what it takes to actually build a a successful, uh, Patreon audience. Can you talk more about that? Yes. So when I started my Patreon, I wanted to see what are some of the top earning shows on Patreon. And I found the number one earning show is Chapo Trap House and they make $126,000 a month on Patreon. Last podcast on the left makes $55,000 a month. The tiny meat gang podcast brings in $36,000 a month. Canada land makes $25,000 a month. The flagrant ones, I guess it's a show about basketball. They make $22,000 a month. And like that just gives you an idea of how successful a podcast can be on Patreon. And these are all public figures that you could just go on their Patreon show and, or Patreon page and see how much they're making. But some of these shows are smaller. They're not on like the iTunes top 200 list. So I was like, why are they doing so well on Patreon when I've never even heard of them? And they're obviously not like super popular, but they're, but they have like some kind of raving fans or something's going on there. And so I wanted to dig into that. And um, yeah, so I made a Patreon and just for the record, so you understand where I'm at, um, my show is currently bringing in $3,000 a month on Patreon. Again, you can go to my website and see that. So uh, that's public info. But um, to me, that's phenomenal. That's amazing. I can't believe that. I'm just like blown away, tickled pink. Uh, but, um, obviously there's room to grow. And so I'm like, well, how, why are these other shows? What's the secret of, of their formula of, uh, that they're doing that they're getting this much. And, um, that's what I dove into as kind of a research project. And, um, I did find some commonalities, some of these top earners, and I want to talk about some of those observations I found with you today. Yeah, for sure. And so you didn't have, you didn't have a Patreon when you launched the show. Is that right? Right. It wasn't until about five people asked me, how can I donate directly? And I'm like, okay, I should set something up. So basically your listeners are saying, hey, I want I want to give you money. Uh, and as a creator, it's hard to say no to that, right? Yeah. So when I launched the Patreon, I really did a lot of research. You're kind of like this too, right? You're like, what is the best? What is the, what is the formula here to be successful in this space? 
And ever since then, I've just been studying Patreon like crazy. And I've got like a lot of observations and tips, I think, uh, that you might be interested in. So there's this website called Graphtrion, G-R-A-P-H-Trion. You know, it's kind of like a Patreon, but Graphtrion. And they actually go to Patreon and look at all of the all the patrons. And then um, they they rank it and, 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 you know, sort it. So if you wanted to know who's the top earning people on Patreon, the site Graftrion can tell you that. And it even sorts out for podcasts. So you can specifically look at like the top 100, 200,000, you know, top pod- podcasters on Patreon, top, top paid podcasters on Patreon. And so this was a tool that already stuck out as super valuable to me because from here I could start looking at the top, you know, 100 shows to see are there commonalities that these shows have that make them more profitable than those other shows that are that are also on there. I found a bunch of interesting things that were sort of commonalities between the, you know the top the top few. Um, the first thing I saw was that the number one perk that people are giving uh, pay, uh, podcasters are giving on Patreon is just bonus episodes. Um, you you I think you want to make a show that is so good that people want more of it. They've listened to everything, they want more, and. If you can offer, you know, premium episodes or bonus episodes just for those uh, people who are donating, then that's, I think, a big draw into people becoming patrons and giving money to the to the podcaster. So bonus episodes is what all the top uh, Patreon makers are are, are doing. And, and so if you're wondering, like, what to give as a, a perk for your for your fans, that that is the top one I, I recommend. OK, that's great. And do you give bonus episodes to your patrons? Yeah. So that. I just uh, uh, last month I started doing that and I, I saw a huge jump, a huge jump in, uh, I don't know, I should say huge, probably another hundred patrons um, came on board. I mean, that's, that's huge. If you're, if this is your only, you know, your primary source of income, uh, that's, that's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, it was. Um, and so, uh, you know, after giving a bonus episode, I, I did see a big jump. So I, I think it's definitely good. Another thing that might be helpful is like an ad free feed for your Patreon supporters. Um, and those are the those are the two things that I think, you know, you stop there and that's good enough. You don't even need to like sort out, should I give them shirts? Should I do something else? Like just just bonus episodes is probably good enough. Wow, okay. And so you, do you generate an ad-free feed as well for Darknet? I did, yeah. Um, it there, There's some technical complications there, but for the most part, it is working. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, how does that actually work on the backend? Is it through Patreon that hosts the feed, or is it uh, through your hosting provider? No, my hosting provider was able to provide me an ad-free feed, and so I just made a post for patrons, and you can select what tier patrons can see that post. So you know, maybe like the dollar tier doesn't get the ad-free feed, but everyone else does. You know, you could show, you can determine who can see this post, and so the post has a link to it, or you know, an RSS link. That is an, an, an ad-free feed. What else What else can we learn from looking at the top uh, Patreon creators? Well, th- there's one more technicality I thought I might mention here is that when it comes to bonus episodes, Patreon does offer this really fascinating thing for bonus episodes. They, they can create an RSS feed. So you basically upload your MP3 to Patreon, and then they create an RSS feed for people to listen to those MP3s you uploaded, right? And now the fascinating thing here... And the reason why I think Patreon is so cool in this space is that each one of those RSS feeds are unique to every single patron. So when they stop uh, giving, 
you know, if they cancel their subscription, that RSS feed for them specifically goes away. So they cannot listen to those bonus episodes anymore. That's great. I mean, that makes a lot of sense for you as a creator. You don't want to give out the same URL to every single person, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. All right. So the next observation is um, I found that the people who give on Patreon uh, really love the show. And this is a this one's a little bit down in the weeds and, and I might be. I might be a little crazy for for coming up with this plan, but you like numbers and stats, so I think you'll be able to follow with me on this. I'm, I'm with you. Let's do this. All right. So Castbox is a podcast player. They publicly display how many subscribers and downloads that Castbox has for that podcast. Right, and Castbox has around two percent of global downloads, according to Libsyn, somewhere around there. Yeah, two percent. So I'm looking at a podcast, TED Talks Daily. According to CastBox, it has 1 million subscribers and 6 million downloads. So if my math is right, then that means that each subscriber listens to an average of six episodes before shutting it off. That is a, that is a fascinating number. Now, of course, that's we're just talking about CastBox subscribers. But when I looked at this number for um, you know the top tw- 10 podcast create, uh, creators on Patreon... I was seeing, I mean, we just said TED Talks has an average listener, average download play of six episodes before they turn off. So after they listen to six, they're like, okay, I've had enough of TED Talks and and they're over. And even though they have 800 episodes, after six episodes, they're done. So the the top creators are getting people to listen to 10, 20, 30, even 40 episodes before turning it off. One of the uh, last podcasts on the left, for example, the average subscriber listens to 42 episodes holy cow and that's the public data from Castbox. yes wow okay so they're creating something that people just are gobbling up like they'll listen to every single episode so like joe rogan for instance people listen to average of 20 episodes before turning it off wow my favorite murder is 21 episodes before turning it off so i mean some of these shows that are on patreon have such a loyal fan base such a such a group of people who who are so into the show that they listen to so much of it, just so much of it, a huge percentage of the catalog. And that to me is really fascinating because it means that they're doing something to keep this audience. It's not so much finding a new audience, but once you find them, how do you make it so that every show is unique, special, better, uh, more interesting, you know, amazing, like something is there where they just want to keep them and keep them and keep them. And there's, and I don't want to go into like how you can do that, but that is, I think, a big focus of like, if you can get your people to, your listeners to listen and then stay has, I think, you know, that's the secret sauce. Yeah. And well, that's a really interesting, interesting way to look at it. The average number of episodes that a listener listens to. So uh, we're seeing, so you're seeing the, the folks at the top of the Patreon charts have just like crazy uh, average episodes per listener. Um, and even Ted talks, which I would imagine, um, is pretty, uh, good in the overall distribution of listenership, uh, is only at six per listener. Um, so basically, you know, your strategy as a creator here would be to create something that's so like bingeable, right? Where it's like anytime you drop anything that, uh, your listeners, your audience are going to want to gobble it up in the feed. Yeah, I think that's it. I think when um, I think from my this is my own thought here is uh, I'd rather my podcast be the one that 
my listeners are caught up on. I don't want to have that. I don't want to be that podcast where people are, or my listeners are like, oh, I'm like 10 episodes behind on that. I want the, I want them to be the one. <laughs> I want to, you know, listen to it as soon as it comes out, right? So how do I, how do I get to that stage? And I think it cr- comes down to making a great ep- a podcast, you know, something that's really sticky to your audience. Well, have, do you feel like you've gotten better at making more compelling episodes over time? Yeah. And one of the ways is that, you know, you can dig deeper into stories. You can you can do original research that, you know, is almost newsworthy. You know, I did one episode about exposing, you know, some of the hackers game, gaming the iTunes charts. Well, the, nobody had gone that far in doing that research. You you came close, right? You did a lot of research on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I took it to the next level. I called Bangladesh. I called them over and over. I talked to many of these people out there and I tried to really get to the bottom of this. Who's who's behind it? And that was, that made things spread. You know, p- people were telling each other like crazy. And so so I wasn't only able to do that by by spending three months on that one episode, right? Like I took a long time to get there. And that was much more substantial of an episode compared to just here's another episode. But, that, you know, taking a bigger risk on something like that. Yeah, I mean, just to fill in a little background for folks who aren't familiar, I wrote this blog post about um, iTunes chart manipulation for podcasts back in October. Uh, and Jack uh, d- did an episode uh, uh, using the same title, Chart Breakers, um, was it a couple months ago? Yeah, he just took it uh, to the about as far as he can go without hopping on a plane to Bangladesh uh, to <laughs> actually talk to the folks who, you know, if you go on Fiverr or, you know, you find these spammers on Twitter or LinkedIn who say, yeah, I'll, I'll get your podcast at the top of the charts for five bucks. Um, he actually got on the phone with them or on Skype with them. John's Twitter picture is of a young, fashionable white guy with good looking hair. And John is claiming to be promoting three big podcasts that trigger three of my indicators for potentially gaming the charts. So I'm hoping John is like some native English speaker, maybe the guy who started it all. After what seems like months, I finally get him to talk on the phone. Hello? Hello? Hello, are you there? Um, walking, no. <laughs> nope, not a native English speaker. He tells me he's from Bangladesh and his name isn't John, it's Jason. I look up at my wall of people and faces and realize every single one of them have given me a fake name at first. Sir, I have a worldwide team. I have a... Sir, I have a worldwide team. They can market your podcast and provide real and organic customers. Real and organic he says he's promoted 15 podcasts and charges $500 a month and says he has a lot of repeat customers. If this is true, Jason has pulled in over 5000 bucks doing this. Just goes to show that like going that extra mile... Uh, is really worth it. I mean, honestly, for me, I feel like when I was doing that blog post, a lot of folks had, had written about the topic already, but I had gone uh, deeper than folks had previously previously gone. And then you went even deeper than that, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone stands on each other's shoulders. You know, you took yeah, what, great. what was out there and did further, and I took what out there and went even further. Yeah, it's great. But like that kind of, uh, you know, the response that I got from my own post, and I'm sure that you got from your episode, uh, people people appreciate when you invest that deeply in the stuff that you're making, right? Yeah, yeah. Original research, I think, is a, is a, a, a brilliant way to stand out. And so it could be about podcasts, could be about hacking like you're doing, Jack. Anything else you notice from looking at the top creators on Patreon? Yeah, yeah. A few other things here. Um, so the, the top creators tweet a lot. Um, the top, <laughs> <laughs> like tens of thousands of tweets. Um, and I just looked at Twitter. I didn't look at Facebook or Instagram, but pretty much across the board, like all of them are are anywhere from 2,500 tweets to 28,000 tweets, okay? So what this means to me is that they're engaging with the community. They're talking 
and getting out there more. I mean, if you think about us as podcasters, we're like, we love chatting and talking. So why don't we take that some of that energy and just t- t- put it on Twitter and just talk and go crazy on Twitter. Talk about the same stuff we're talking about on podcasts. Even the same quotes is fine. Uh, get out there and, and talk a lot and people will start picking up what you're putting down because you know, things travel in a different way on Twitter. Uh, that totally aligns with my experience. Uh, you know, maybe my wife doesn't love how much time I'm spending on Twitter these days, uh, but it really has um, helped raise the visibility of Chartable itself and also of the kind of the research that we've been doing. Just being able to start a conversation with uh, potential uh, readers of our blog or potential customers or just any creators in the podcast world out there. Uh, it's been huge for us, for sure. And I've seen it personally, uh, the kind of, reach that you can get just from you know even just starting a conversation on twitter is pretty crazy like some things that i think should be on twitter are are just general posts um inspirational quotes uh funny jokes memes things that you notice in the news uh stuff that's just going on in your life uh, it doesn't always have to be promotion of your own podcast you could do pull quotes from your podcast and stuff but just like i mean imagine if you're a, a football podcaster you should be tweeting like live tweeting every show every football game you watch right just talk about every play that you see like just get out there and start talking about it use the hashtags and i, I think that's a big way to be discovered by a lot of people out there um a lot so many of us are just head down on our phone and that's how you need to get in front of them is they're looking at their phone, bit get on their phone in front of them that way, right? They're not going to look mm-hmm. at a billboard. They're not going to look at uh, other stuff, but they're but they're looking at social media. So that's just a, a really w- great way to to get your show to spread. Yeah, it's great, great advice, uh, and certainly it certainly has worked for us here at Chartable, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it uh, for Dartnet Diaries as well. All right, so I, another observation here: it it fascinated me to see how low of a patron count you need to kind of pull in a full full time income. I found uh, a few pa- patrons Patreon accounts that were podcasters that only had about 600 patrons and they were still pulling in about $3,000 a month just on those 600. Mm. So, so you when you think about like I mean it it kind of lowers your 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 target, right? If you're like, "Oh, well, Joe Rogan, he gets millions of, you know, downloads. How do I get in this millions of downloads or or Aaron Mankey or Case File like these people are getting millions of 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 listeners." Well, listen, all you need is 600 <laughs> 600 paying listeners and you right. can like that's a full-time income. Now, it's not you know, it's it's ramen income. It's it's living with your parents or or having your spouse pull in half of it, but but still it's enough for you to say, "Look, this is significant. This is a percentage." that I can now do this full time. So 600 is all you need. And it reminds me of this, uh, you know, article by Kevin Kelly talking about 1000 true fans. If you can, if you could just get 1000 people to just believe in you and support you and be there for you and give you three, $3 a month or $5 a month, that is enough to, to, you know, have you just go pursue your dreams and, and podcasting could be a lot of our dreams. Yeah, that sounds, I think that's great advice. It reminds me of um, this Paul Graham, uh, from Y Combinator, his essay around you know building a startup is that it's better to make something that a small number of people really love than a large number of people are kind of okay with or kind of like right uh, because you know we, I think a lot of folks get distracted by the overall download numbers but with everything that you've been saying um, it's better to have uh, a smaller number of people go back and listen to every single episode and want more than it is to have a larger number of people kind of drive by your show every once in a while. Yeah, it's it's much, I agree with that completely. It's I think it's much better to find a small passionate audience. You know, if there's if there's a conference on that topic, there's probably a passionate group of people 
you know, on that. If there's a subreddit on that topic, there's probably a passionate group of people behind that. And and targeting these small groups of passionate people can really have a, a very significant return. And there's got to be so many of these uh, subreddits or, or small groups that don't even have, you know, don't even have a, anything close to a great podcast that serves them, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, there were, a lot of things are coming out like just this year, but, uh, you know, the, <laughs> you're probably in the last couple of years there hasn't been. Yeah. Well, I mean, when uh, my co-founder Harish and I started the company, we started by actually doing a, a daily summary of the Y Combinator uh, tech news board, Hacker News, right? And we, because um, we didn't really know what we were doing with podcasting, but we thought, hey, there, here's this community. Uh, let's see if anyone wants it, like an audio version that kind of covers the same topics every day. And the answer was like a resounding yes, you know, uh, even from two, you know, we're totally amateur podcasters we're programmers right not not like creators in the in the audio way um but uh, i i i know that that um really just confirmed to me uh the power of these communities and, and also the power of audio that folks want to hear these stories uh and want to hear things like in, and can engage with audio in a different way than you know starting another blog that covers tech news it's not really that interesting um but like finding you know finding a way to bring audio to folks uh i, I think there's still room there all right. So the last observation that I found here, just by looking at like the top, you know, 20, 20 shows on Patreon, top, top earners, um, was that every one of these top 20 have 40 episodes or more. And so when my, my show only has 30, 33 episodes. So I, I'm like, wait a minute, how you, you, you got, you got, I think the thing is here is that you got to stick around for a while. You got to be there for a year or two years or whatever it takes to get to 40 episodes. Um, unless you're doing a daily show, then it's a month and a half, but it, it takes a while to build that audience, to get that loyal loyalty, you know, show you're the here, you're legit, you've got value and all that kind of stuff. Now, 40 episodes, it's a lot of episodes to make for a podcaster. So when you think about like, okay, let's, how do we crush it in, in, on Patreon or whatever, it might take a while to get there, right? If you're at 20 episodes, you might start thinking about Patreon, you know, like you, you can do Patreon as soon as you want. I'm not saying, you know, wait on it, but uh, it, it just takes a while to actually get there. And, and I, I mean, that kind of seems obvious that it takes a while to get there, but you know, here's here's some kind of statistical evidence that at least 40 episodes before you can expect a good amount on uh, a Patreon. Yeah, I mean, I think that if, if I was trying to summarize a lot of the stuff that you've been saying, basically, there's no <laughs> there's no quick answer here. There's no quick get rich quick with podcasting uh, recipe. But if you look at all of the trends and all the advice that you've been talking about, it's like make something really great, go the extra mile and then keep doing it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, those are the things that I noticed. But um, yesterday, or a couple days ago, Jack Conti, the uh, CEO of of Patreon, posted a video on how a couple of other tips that I thought might be worth mentioning here. He he says that there were a lot of patrons that kind of hit a plateau, and um, they couldn't get above that. Right. They kind of just flattened out after they got a certain amount of of you know patrons, and 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 they just couldn't get above it. So he he looked to see who actually broke out of that to get higher in their in their earnings. And he found three things that were, or four things that were actually really fascinating. First thing was everyone who got them to like, just kind of get a bump in things, rearranged their tiers. They kind of shook up their tiers. They redesigned it. So maybe the, you had a one and a three and a $5 tier. Well, now you, you know, you changed it to a three and a $5 tier, or you did something to shake it up. And this is scary because it's like, well, now I'm changing what I'm giving my patrons. 
But the thing is, is that your patrons are there for you. They want you to succeed. That's the whole reason why they came is to help you. And so they understand if you say, hey, listen, this isn't working for me. I can't afford to give you everyone a shirt or whatever, a poster. Uh, we're going to take that off. Um, and they're fine with that because they're like, look, whatever it takes for you to just succeed. So rearrange your tiers. You know, after you have it for a while, look at it. Is it fitting for you? Is it working for you? And, um, you know, that that could be a way to get a bump out of there. Um, another thing is to create like a special limited time thing. So like you have uh, a tier that can only, that offers people something uh, that is only limited time. So like, you know, a special limited t-shirt and then we take it away after three months or something, you know, and and these kind of limited things get people to say, oh, wow, there's a, t- there's a clock on this. I got to get in on this before uh, it goes away. And so people jump in on your Patreon, you know, before, before they, they lose it. Um, and, and that kind of reminds me of something else here where, you know, I've, I've donated to a podcast before just through uh, PayPal. And I thought, okay, here's 20 bucks. And I felt like nice and smug about it, right? Like, okay, I gave them, <laughs> I gave them my money. They're good. They helped out in this cause, right? But, but Patreon is this thing where it's a monthly donation and they sign up for a monthly. There is no one-time thing. And that creates such a more sticky, uh, you know, flow. You can expect that money to come in every month as opposed to these one-time donations. So there's another reason why I like Patreon a lot more than, than one-time donations through, through PayPal is because uh, the, the money that comes in seems to be a lot more than, than what I could get through, through pay, uh, PayPal. For sure. And and it also uh, encourages a relationship between the listener and the creator. Um, the, the third thing Jack was saying is um, recognition of your fans. And this is, uh, he's there's this app called Bonjourno, Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O. And it's, it's crazy. Um, when you when you get a new Patreon, you get an email that says, hey, you've met this, this meet this person. He's just, you know, started giving you $3 a month or something. The app... The Bonjoro app connects to to Patreon, and you can it's it's on your phone, and you oh, you can open up like a video uh, of yourself right there, and start recording a video and say, "Hey, I just saw John. You gave me three dollars a month. This is amazing. You, you totally made my day. I'm here at the you know the mall the mall shopping, and I just saw this email, and now I'm just like so happy. Like you put a smile on my face all day. Thanks, John. And you could send this video to the person who just signed up to your Patreon. Yeah, this. Audience recognition does something um, where you don't lose as many patrons because every month I'm losing patrons, okay? That's just part of the attrition of it all. Uh, either their card gets denied or they're done with it or something. Uh, you know, I lose patrons. Uh, so you want to not lose them <laughs> and you want to keep them. And by recognizing them in certain ways, you can do you can keep them. And, and you know, another recognition would be just to say their name on the, on the podcast, say, thanks, John, for uh, helping me out or whatever it is. Uh, but you know, recognizing your your patrons patrons is a is a really powerful thing. And lastly, is actually co- you can connect your uh, patron to a community such as Discord or Reddit, and ha- can be integrated there. So, like, uh, you know, people who give on Patreon could have a special Reddit flare in your subreddit for your podcast. And having this community, I think, really uh, um, helps you know, with people not leaving again, right? So once they sign up for Patreon, they, they won't leave if they feel like they're part of a community, they're part of the club, they're they're there. And they don't necessarily need to talk to you as a podcaster. They just want to be part of, uh, you know, the podcast, like, you know, they want to be part of the fan fan base kind of. And so they'll talk to each other and they'll come up with their own ideas and, and topics and things to talk about that don't even, you know, aren't even directed at you. So there are these integrations that I think uh, help as well. 
That's great. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to build a community of your listeners uh, so they can connect with each other, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It it helps a lot. That's great. Well, uh, anything else on Patreon before uh, before we uh, wrap up? That's all I had for you today. Um, this is a uh, this is something I'm going to keep looking at and and take notes on as I go. But I, I feel like that's enough to uh, to get people started. Would you ever consider joining an app like Luminary or something like that? Where I mean, uh, where you know you become part of a paywall or subscription thing? No, uh, no. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah, Luminary and Brew do not sit pleasant with me as far as the paywalls. Why not? I like the idea of the podcast being free, and that's my that's my entry into my audience. Like, you know, this is how you can discover me, and these are all the, this is all the value I'm going to give you, um, and and you can determine, you know, if you want to, I don't know, l- listen to more, or read my book, or you know, I don't have a book out yet, but you know, like to <laughs> I'm me, sure that's you will. <laughs> like, that, yeah, that's like the free version of of what you get from me, right? And then I I want to have all these extra. Uh, things if you want to get extra stuff you know i'll have a course and a book and stuff i mean i'm getting to that point right so basically you have much more control over uh the ways that you engage with your listeners and also the kind of premium stuff that you can create versus uh you know making the show kind of walled off in its own app yeah i mean i could go on and on about why i don't think those ones are are good for podcasting probably too (laughs) i mean i would just be curious to hear yeah Uh, i think what i think what could work i think what these somebody should do is to make like a, a, a multiple ways to make money on podcasting. So they're they're doing this paywall, and it seems like that's the one way, right? Oh, I would like to see them open up to like four different options for podcasters. So what if I could monetize anything that's over, you know, four months old? All the all the podcast episodes that are over four months old, those ones get you know they're behind a paywall, not the new ones. Or I monetize just the new ones. Or I monetize. Uh, you know, like have all these different kind of options for for people in Luminary, and and not have it stuck to the app, right? This kind of thing needs to be available to any app because I, no, people don't want to use these these specific apps to 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 you know use it. So it like like I was saying on 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 Patreon, you get this very unique RSS feed for each individual user, and when they stop paying, they they lose that RSS feed. So there. I think there's something there where another app creator can make something like, or, you know, another software company can make something where they give you all these different options to monetize your show. Um, And I think that's probably a better direction. Yeah. So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Basically you feel like, and and I agree, I think it's unproven whether folks are actually going to change their listening habits. Like we certainly haven't seen that, at least from our research that folks really uh, have that much desire to change which app they're using to listen to. I think, it, you know, we'll definitely see whether that changes when, you know, Luminary launches with like a huge slate of, you know, expensively produced shows, I imagine, uh, whether people will maintain multiple apps or if they move all their listening to Luminary. Uh, it's it's definitely a big bet, but, uh, you know, from our perspective, from my perspective, like an unproven one for sure. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to have a good success. That one in Brew... I think they're going to really struggle with that. They're going to they're going to have a big launch and then they're going to have it's going to taper off and they're going to wonder well, what did we do here? Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see soon, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh Jack, uh thanks so much for coming on the show and uh folks out there if you haven't heard Dark Dot Diaries, uh go listen and download wherever you get your podcasts uh everywhere. And um Jack, thanks so much. Yeah, pleasure being here. Thanks a lot. All right, take care. <laughs>